If you had the chance, would you change the world? Welcome. I am your host, Ebony Gustav, and this is Cooperative Journal, where I interview mutual aid initiatives and cooperatives from around the world who are creating alternatives to our current economic system. O Positive is a festival created in Kingston, New York to support the health of undershirt artists and musicians through the exchange of art making and performances for wellness services. Festival goers can experience the medicine of art through everything from murals, films, installations, and live music. At the clinic, artists, musicians, and volunteers can receive free care from allopathic and alternative practitioners, including dental, bodywork, mental health, and much more. The greater community is supported with Narcan and CPR trainings, health and wellness expos, classes in the healing arts, healthcare forums, and cycling events. In this episode, I speak with Executive Director Holly Kelly and Art Director Lindsay Walkowitz about the festival's evolution and the ongoing needs it fulfills. They share what the process is for contributors to join, creating equal value between health practitioners and artists, recommendations to support artists' health needs outside of the festival, and advice on starting an art for medicine exchange in your community. Hello, Holly and Lindsay. Welcome to the podcast. I've been exploring the idea of how we can meet each other's needs in non-monetary ways, especially for people who have precarious jobs like artists. And you know, artists devote their lives to raising awareness and offering a sense of healing, yet they are largely not supported through the government. So I'm really looking forward to learn from both of you about how O Positive is providing an essential basic need of health services to artists. So can you please explain what O Positive Festival is and what inspired its creation? Sure. So hi, so thrilled to be here. Um, thanks for having us on. O Positive is just a wonderful festival, and I think at least, and basically artists and musicians and other creative folks come in and they exchange um, all of that creativity for wellness services. We have um, hundreds of doctors, dentists, massage therapists, um, who have contributed over the years and volunteered their time and um, exchanged it so that artists and musicians can get that care that they need. And um, everybody in the community benefits because everybody gets to experience the music or see murals or other um, performance art. And the um, artists and musicians who some of them haven't seen doctors or dentists for years come in and get that care that they need. And um, uh, over the years, we've just heard so many um, stories from artists and musicians about um, at the festival, they got that care that helped them realize that there was this larger issue. And, you know, we've heard stories where because of that care, they got the, um, connection to doctors that um, got them care that saved their lives. And um, so O Positive was founded about 12 years ago. And it was founded because 
a dentist was sitting at a table with an artist and they were like, you know, I really want to hear this band and I want them to come here. And they're like, what can we exchange for to have them come to Kingston, New York, which was not really a happening place 12 years ago. And the dentist was like, yeah, I'd give them dental care. And it was just that little spark of a moment that did it. And so 12 years later, we've um, provided nearly 5,000 clinic visits. Um, we've had festivals all over the country. Um, I think we put up over 60 murals over the country. And um, it's just amazing to see all the artists and musicians who have received that care. It's amazing also um, you can kind of get a sense of the fact that artists are, are kind of constantly making these impossible choices between needs. Um, you know, the need to make work and to be well emotionally, mentally through making work um, is often in, in a relationship of tension with one's physical or, or mental health um, within this kind of capitalist insurance-based system. Um, and so if you don't have access to that steadiness that is often provided through an employer, um, you find yourself making choices between moving forward with your work and taking care of your teeth, for instance. And when we're young, we can rationalize that and we can say like, oh, it's fine, right? But, but those kind of dismissals are those excuses that we make for not being feeling like we can take care of ourselves compound over time. And they also add to um, kind of a psychology around value and, and what has value in our society and in our communities. And part of what we're trying to do is to subvert that sense that value is monetary. And so, you know, my value is less because I can't afford to fix my teeth <laughs> is really problematic. Um, and it's something that gets internalized by people that can't feel like they can't pursue kind of basic physical wellness because of monetary restriction. So by kind of scooting around that, that kind of economy that uh, kind of misplaces value in monetary gain, as opposed to, you know, what are you providing to your community? What are you doing in the world? Um, by subverting that, we're trying to kind of level the playing field and say like, hey, art and music have as much value in our lives as doctors and dentists. Um, they just serve our health differently. And so um, our collective wellness is as reliant on our creative professionals as our wellness providers. Mm, yeah, it reminds me of uh, the eight forms of capital. And so how, and that speaks to how everyone has a role, whether it's the person that's picking up garbage on at the park or someone that has gone to school for 10 plus years to be a lawyer or a doctor, like all of that should be valued in the same way because without one of those roles, you know, things wouldn't happen. You know, we need every person to be a part of this um, ecosystem. 
just like nature. And so speaking to that about creating a level playing field, I'm sure you had artists that were like, yes, of course I'll give my art for health services. But what about the healthcare providers? Did you have a hard time convincing them? Did they find that their value was the same as an artist? You know, a lot of healthcare providers are in this medical system where they get 15 minutes to connect with their patient and they don't actually have the opportunity to provide the kind of care that they went to school and they want to provide. Um, At the clinic, a lot of providers have time to just really get into the nitty gritty of care in a way that they um, often just don't get to. They don't have to worry about the insurance system there. Like providers are as burdened by the insurance system as the rest of us and more so because it's there every day. And so we're really lucky that over the years, we've just had incredible providers who believe in this, who believe in this exchange um, and see it as an equal value exchange. And, um, you know, when we go to new cities, um, as we have done over the years and have a positives there, The first thing we look for is a federally qualified health center, and that's providers who are already committed to serving the underinsured, serving folks regardless of their health care and health insurance, um, who often, you know, work with the most vulnerable populations in a community, and they're where we go first because They are folks who are already committed to doing this work. Um, And a lot of times once we go there, they can help connect us to other providers too who maybe want that opportunity but are in systems where they don't get to support everybody in the way that they would like to, regardless of health insurance. So, um, you know, we've also found over the years that... um, it takes just one or two folks in a community who really believe in this to um, make it happen. And if you're somebody who just loves this idea of exchange and you have that enthusiasm, other people want to be part of it. Also, it's just fun, like art and music. And my favorite part of the festival actually is um, we have a green room where um, usually it's near the clinic if we, we can have it near the clinic. Um, and in that space, you have providers sitting down, sharing a meal with a musician or sharing a meal with an artist or a volunteer. And you're all there together um, connecting. Maybe you're even sitting next to the doctor who you had a service from earlier that day or about to have a service from. And it's that kind of human connection that I think really we miss in society. We miss when we're in a 15 minute appointment slot that maybe they're running late. So actually it's 12 minutes. We, we don't get that. And so I think that's really where the magic of this kind of space where exchange can happen and you can breathe and do it without the pressures of time and just do it socially. And 
over the years, we've had a lot of um, a lot of folks who have found their wellness provider that they've gone on to have years long relationships with because they had that opportunity to really truly connect. I would also add that you you can find creative folks in in all industries and all all paths. So you know whether it's the the trash collector or the doctor, you know, it really encourages our wellness providers to also kind of tap into their creative selves um, as a means to kind of establish this connection. Uh, a lot of them are hobbyist musicians or, you know, like to draw in their free time. And that's an access point for them to, to kind of better understand this work and its value. But I would also add that you know, most people that go into the medical field or any sort of wellness area are doing it in order to do this kind of work to provide care for, for people that need it. And um, I think because of these kind of systems of commerce that are at play, um, because of these levels of bureaucracy that, you know, especially people in the medical field are navigating, um, they often don't get a chance to be creative, which is something I think Holly's tapping into in their own work. Um, they don't get that chance to connect and they, they often have these kind of veils between themselves and that kind of core purpose of serving and providing care to folks. Hmm. Yeah, it it gets to people connecting on a human level and to bring out what is inherent between all of us, which is to care. Artists are showing their care by being vulnerable and sharing their performance or their art pieces. And, and medical providers are able to go back to that moment where they where they decided to get into this field to provide care but because of the system that they work in maybe they're experiencing burnout and they don't they're not able to um go back to that human level of understanding and like true empathy to provide the utmost care to people and so i'm curious to know what kind of health services and art art is offered at the festival is such a range. What kind isn't? Um, well, I'll let Lindsay speak to the art, but on the health front, um, we have uh, such a variety from primary care, um, chiropractors, dermatologists. We have a lot of, um, you know, musicians who may have vocal issues. So the last couple of years, we've had um, vocal cord specialists. Um, coming in and doing vocal cord checks. And uh, we've also, people love body work, massage therapists um, and chiropractors. There's also been a lot of push toward alternative um, care and uh, things uh, toward mental health, Reiki even kind of, um, the non-traditional healing arts. Every person who comes into the clinic first sees a nurse and gets their 
nurse checkup and then in consultation with the nurse they'll discuss what's available and uh, based on what's available am i frozen based on what's available after consulting with the nurse they'll determine what services are right for them maybe that's going to the dermatologist and seeing somebody for reiki and um seeing a primary care doctor um, and going to the dentist, the, but they'll determine their course of care with a nurse. Yeah, so you know, we've had entire bands get dental work done, <laughs> you know, uh, as we alluded to with the, the first band that came to town. Um, and, you know, in terms of kind of the art and music offerings, um, you know, I would say that at the festival, one of the biggest draws are the bands. Um, because, it, it, you know, there's a, a certain amount of universality about people enjoying live music. Um, one of our most visible outcomes is the mural program. Um, in Kingston, New York alone, we have 44, uh, you know, semi-permanent public works. Um, and, but at the festival itself, you have a range. You have uh, performance artists, installation artists, people doing durational work, um, temporal work, interactive workshops. Um, we also have wellness class offerings for the public at the festival. So in between seeing a band and experiencing uh, a visual art or, or dance performance, you might be able to go um, take a wellness class as a member of the public um, and kind of tap into your own wellness experience in the midst of having this kind of more auditory um, experience as well. And it's really, um, you know, we kind of have these core principles of being both radical and compassionate. So, you know, how we sit in the community during the festival is important to us. So um, we think a lot about access, um, different ways that kind of differently wired folks might experience art and music um, within the landscape of our city during uh during a festival so just trying to bring um diverse perspectives and voices um into the space so that there, there are access points for everyone beautiful and i love that even people in the community can get healing from both sides from the art and alternative healing services and I also appreciate that you guys are starting to put emphasis on alternative healing because that's usually not covered if you do have health insurance even. Um, and especially with mental health and artists, it's like they're constantly having to, like I said, be vulnerable and, you know, to not have your art accepted and just going through the the ebbs and flows of this capitalist society as an artist is really difficult. So that's amazing. And what about if artists need ongoing services, but they don't have health insurance? What do you guys suggest to them? Oftentimes, um, we'll connect with them with the federally qualified health center who can provide them ongoing support and do so taking into account their financial situation. Um, 
and we we have somebody at the clinic even who can help schedule the next follow-up appointments with the federally qualified health center locally we've we've also had musicians apply for medicaid with the assistance of folks at the clinic you know that didn't understand the process or how to access um, the care that's available to them um, so in in addition to that we each year do have um, health insurance navigation sessions that we run to and also you know we do have um, artists and musicians who have been o positive uh, alumni who reach out to us year round who are looking for um, care and we'll connect them as we can. We have some intention toward having a more robust year round exchange in Kingston, New York, at least. And um, so looking forward to building that out in the year to come and expanding our exchange model to accommodate that. So um, yeah, maybe we can talk in a couple years about that. <laughs> Yeah, and, and part of that it, that expansion is, you know, involves us hiring a wellness director for the first time, um, a full-time wellness director that will hopefully help lead us into that next chapter and and be kind of a visionary in what year-round exchange looks like. That's incredible. You guys are building a robust support network and uh, what is the process for each contributor to the festival? So how do artists and musicians get involved? And if a wellness practitioner wants to join, what's the process for them as well? Um, so every spring, we open submissions for art and music. And um, those the spectrum of art and music is pretty broad. So it's anything from spoken word to uh sound installation to sculpture um and that process is usually open for about a month um to two months and we have an art and a music committee that kind of brings broad perspectives to that pool of applicants in order to curate a festival um, beyond that we also have uh wellness uh wellness class offerings that um, are open as a submission, usually in the month following um, the, the art and music submissions being opened. Um, so that just closed and we have a wellness committee that's reviewing those submissions to try to curate wellness offerings as well. Um, and then we have a, kind of a, an open call to volunteers um, and to wellness providers. Um, so by August, we should have a sense of who our providers are that are on deck, but also who our volunteers are and how we can leverage their gifts to support the festival, both from a public facing standpoint and also supporting the artists and musicians and the clinic itself. Yeah, I will add too that um, folks who volunteer eight hours or more can also access the clinic services. So that's a nice way to thank them for an exchange for their time. And it's a good entree for people that didn't apply for the festival, but might want to in the future to better understand how the festival works. Um, so certainly we encourage people to volunteer and, and kind of be a part of a, 
a positive community and, and get a sense of how our system works and apply in the future. Yeah, I would also add to that, that a lot of times artists and musicians who don't um, have a successful submission that year, because we can't accept everybody, because we just don't have the capacity to, um, but who need the healthcare services will volunteer so they can still access those services that they're needing. A lot of our volunteers are artists or musicians. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm sure you get alumni come in and volunteer as well. And you also have a theme for each festival, right? Yeah, so um, usually kind of once the festival has died down, the conversation starts about the following year. And um, this year we landed on the theme of oxygen, um, in part because we wanted to try to find a theme that could kind of hold the spectrum of experience that people have had in this kind of singular year of collective and personal trauma. Um, we wanted to make sure that we could hold everything from uh, space for people that have lost folks in their lives um, due to COVID-19 to just enhanced anxiety around our breath and how it moves kind of invisibly between us um, and the shared humanity of that, but also holds racialized violence that we've seen over the last year, um, certainly in an ongoing way, but um, punctuated in the midst of COVID by the death of George Floyd and the concept of someone being robbed of that very core essence of their humanity by someone else. And so oxygen felt like this kind of transparent universal thing that is exchanged between us and everything else that's living around us um, and could hold the, the sadness and the joy at the same time. Um, so hopefully, um, as we've seen in the submissions, um, hopefully we will be able to create spaces um, and experiences for folks that are coming to the festival from wherever they are uh, in their own process around what's gone on over the last year. I think also one point, thank you, Lindsay, for all of that, but is also joy creating space for joy too. And oxygen is also the breath for music. And, um, and so it allows both that reflection and, um, and really hopefully some cathartic space as well. I hope that I'm able to join this year's festival because that's such a needed theme. And it's something that people can take beyond the festival too, because the breath is such a powerful way of healing to go internal um, when you feel like you don't have control over your external world and to potentially save your life too, to have deep belly breaths and to really center yourself and know that you have the power to heal yourself even through just taking a breath. Uh, that's very fitting. And so the festival is also open to the public and it's, I believe, a three-day festival? 
is this year it's october 8th 9th and 10th in kingston new york and it's free this year anybody can attend no need to be concerned about the financial burden of a festival ticket wow that's incredible that was actually going to be one of my questions what do you do with the funds when people pay for their tickets well you know this year it's free but it actually costs a lot to do this um just uh i was just looking at the cost of putting up a mural and um even just the cost of a lift can be up to ten twelve thousand dollars the cost of the primer for the wall can be um thousands of dollars depending on the size of the wall we're really lucky to have a wonderful paint sponsor and golden paint so we don't have to pay for that but paint can also be thousands of dollars um the cost of staging the cost of stages uh this year it's going to be primarily outdoors so we have the cost of doing pop-up venues um the cost of uh you know we um we the the sponsors help us a lot but we have so many other costs with people for many years this was just a volunteer-led organization and then people burned out and um it has happened so much and so we do uh have some employees and we also provide some stipends for folks who are on the organizing side and so um a lot of our financials these days we're a nonprofit. Um, we didn't used to be we used to be just some folks around a table um, <laughs> but now we're a nonprofit so we apply for grants and um, we have community donors and um, and so that really helps us offset all the costs of the festival and of our work and transitioning to our year-round work and um, and it was, really important to us that the festival was free. We live in a city here in Kingston, New York, where um, there are a ton of different folks. Um, It's a pretty segregated city too. And uh, geographically, racially, there are a ton of lines of segregation here. And so one of uh, the pieces of work that we have been doing and will continue to do is trying to bridge that through the festival. And there's a lot of work to be done there. But one of the pieces that is such a barrier is the financial. So that's why for us, um, we're hoping that uh, by finding other ways to pay for it, that will help with um, getting the entire community out and enjoying it. Yeah, we certainly, you know, the beautiful thing about art and music is that there is an inherently kind of intersectional uh, population of people around us that are making both art and music. And so, you know, we certainly want equitable access to the festival for everyone around us, all of our neighbors, um, because we do believe that that kind of medicine of art is is universal um, and that everyone comes to it with whatever they're carrying and hopefully is healed by it in some way. Um, but, you know, we do ask the neighbors around us that are able to 
to support the festival um, through donations by being, you know, sustaining donors, um, because that kind of support will help us move towards that year round model so that we are providing clinic care to artists and musicians throughout the year. Yeah, it's the idea of a redistribution of wealth so that those in the community that can't afford it are still able to experience this. And a lot of times they're the ones that need it the most. So uh, what is O Positive engaging with when the festival isn't occurring? Oh, so much. Um, you know, I have to say, I don't even know how to answer this question because last year we weren't able to do a festival and we did so much, um, even without the festival last year, for example, we put up a mental health hotline that anybody in the community could access. It was only supposed to last for a month and it went for seven months and supported hundreds of folks in receiving the mental health services that they needed. Um, we did a pop-up of art in storefront windows in our community and artists um, had space to um, exhibit without folks needing to be inside. And, um, and the funds from purchases went directly to the artists last year. You know, um, the, we focus on exchange and the non-monetary, but last year artists were so deeply impacted that, around the financials that their wellness was so struggling that we were happy to um, help artists support their wellness through some sales. And um, we did a pop-up too, whereby we illuminated um, some murals and um, we had some music new music and meditations to go along with it. So some different programming, different ways for the community to really appreciate art and music. Also, um, like so many organizations, we really pivoted to focusing on the entire community. Also because artists and music are uh, musicians are struggling. In Kingston, New York, we are 90 miles north of New York City. And in the pandemic, thousands of people moved to Kingston, New York. Um, we're a small city and that has had a pretty intense um, ramification, set of ramifications for Kingston. So some other work that we've been doing, um, we helped set up the mutual aid network here. Um, we sit in the Ulster County Coalition for Housing Justice and Economic Justice. And, um, and so there are lots of year-round things that we've been doing um, in the last year, in addition to, um, you know, the healthcare navigation and also providing grant support last year to artists and musicians. Um, as we're coming, we're in this strange place of the world's kind of pandemic-y and it's also opening up. So right now we're doing a lot of that work still that we started last year while also planning for a festival. Um, we've been pretty Kingston focused because of 
the pandemic, but in 2019, we did a festival also in North Adams, Massachusetts. Um, we're speaking to folks from different communities all the time about um, having O Positive festivals there. And in a couple of weeks, we're gonna be launching a toolkit where if you want this idea of exchange in your community, but you don't necessarily want NO Positive, um, this toolkit will provide you with tons of resources about how to do this kind of festival and how to think about exchange and how to bring that to your community. Um, and so all that said, um, it feels like so much. <laughs> We're doing a lot and there's so much more to come. We're also providing, gosh, uh, wellness classes year round. We have weekly loving kindness, meditation, breathing sessions that we've been doing. Um, and there will be a lot more art and music year round programming coming as we're coming out of the pandemic. And um, I feel like I could keep going, but <laughs> I should stop there. Yeah, I'm, we've also, you know, ended up having cycling kind of be a part of O Positive always in informal and informal ways. Um, so that continues. We provide free mural tours um, for community members so that they can better understand the contents, uh, the content and concepts behind the murals in the community um, so that they have, again, kind of enhanced access points to, to what this thing is that lives with them next door. Um, so, you know, I think that there's, there's a lot of um, education opportunities and, and ways to continue to define and redefine what wellness is from a community perspective. Um, and that it, it certainly is about physiology, but it's also about community and connectedness and um, feeling that you're a part of something larger than yourself. Um, so we're kind of always looking for ways to have what we do be centered in our mission um, of that exchange and to kind of, kind of constantly broaden and define um, what that exchange is and, and what is art, what is wellness, what is music, where do they overlap and how do we turn that outward? Wow, you guys are doing so much incredible work and you're really offering like the most key things to, you know, navigating this plane as a human, art, culture, and care on an ongoing basis. And I love the idea of using storefronts, especially now where there's more vacant storefronts after the pandemic, using that as a way to show art and to have wellness classes so people can connect with each other and utilize an underused space. And you said that you guys are creating a toolkit, which is amazing because I myself would love to know how to do something like this, even on a smaller scale. So what advice would you give to someone that does want to see something like this in their community? I think I'd say it starts with you. And if you um, believe in this, if you're willing to put in the effort and make this work, that's amazing. And also find the people like you. 
because there are other people like you in your community too who want to see something like this and um once you find the people who believe in this exchange then it will happen um but you have to really provide that space for it if you provide the space it will happen lindsay thoughts yeah, and I, I think one of the reasons that we created the toolkit um is that we do believe that in order for something to be a sustainable um exchange it has to come out of that community you know we can't we can't just parachute our model into other folks neighborhoods and expect for it to work long term so we we're kind of going like this is what we've learned over 12 years of of doing this and having successes and failures and and here's a cheat sheet you know and um Here's some tools that and resources that you have access to and um, you know go out into your community and and find find as Holly's saying kind of like find the find the tribe that's willing to like carry it forward locally, because I do think that no one knows a community like the folks that live there, and so you know in order to really connect with that community, there has to be a homegrown element. Um, in order for it to work. Yeah, it's so important to give a template that is adaptable to the needs of that community. And I think I was reading that you guys did a festival in New York City. All right. Yeah, we've done like a pop-up um, event, not a full festival in the city, but we've done some work there, yeah. I can imagine that would be really extensive work because like every community needs this. Yeah. Every community has artists and musicians and every community has wellness providers, but really every community has folks who are struggling. And maybe it's also not just for the artists and musicians that you're setting up this exchange. Maybe you're somebody who you know, has florists who need healthcare, or um, maybe, you know, mechanics want to exchange for art and music, or whatever it is. Um, every community has folks who have things and folks who need things. And folks that are marginalized based on their perceived uh, financial or economic value, you know, and, and, um, I think that that's the nice thing about having a template is it can be scaled. Um, but also, you know, we have gone into places like Chicago, like North Adams as a team and, you know, created an O positive, not just a, a template of an O positive, but again, it's it reliant on buy-in and conversation and collaboration with folks that are living in that community. Absolutely. So what is the future of O Positive? How do you guys imagine yourselves in the next five years? In my dream world, we have robust year-round services for artists and musicians. Um, maybe the festival for Kingston is a celebration of that year-round work that's happening. 
Um, and uh, there are other exchanges happening around the country and world that are maybe a positive, maybe not, maybe just taking this idea of exchange, but ultimately that artists and musicians are getting the care that they need. Do you know what my ideal, ideal, ideal world is? It's that O positive isn't even needed because folks have healthcare and the access to healthcare is there for all of us. Like in my ideal world, O positive isn't a thing. Maybe there are, you know, there are festivals and there are parties, but, um, but we're all getting the care that we need. So I think that's optimistic for five years, given the state of our country, but I'm just going to put that out there as it's the ultimate, uh, obsolescence yeah. is the ultimate goal. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and I think as, as a bridge to obsolescence, we, we are constantly striving to be um, more inclusive, to show more folks that there's other ways of kind of leveraging the gifts of our community to support our community. Um, and maybe changing minds about you know who should have access to what <laughs> and how we kind of make value judgments about what people do and what they offer um so you know i think i think the more people that we can convert to this this non-capitalist concept of what care looks like and how we take care of our neighbors um we'll be moving towards that ultimate obsolescence that that we want. So um, year round something that looks like clinic access, you know, um, on the on the road to just universal care. Beautiful. Well, the last question that I asked everyone, which Holly started talking about already, but how do you envision a changed world through the lens of healthcare? You know, we all have access to quality care because I think also people just say have access to healthcare, but it's really about that quality too, those relationships, um, that trust between the care provider and the patient. And, um, and the, the relationship there. I think you also touched on it earlier. It's not just about you and your primary care provider. It's about all these other things too. It's about mental health. It's about um, just full wellness as it encompasses all of us. And um, I'd love to see artists and musicians fully, um, their wellness being really prioritized by our society. And in exchange to, um, we all benefit because we all benefit from healthy artists and musicians. And so I think that's the vision that I would offer. I would also say that by making a societal effort to support the wellness of creative professionals, you also, make the idea of being a creative professional uh, more viable for more folks. You know, when people 
even as young people feel like it's not a viable option for them because of, you know, stigma, because of precedent, because of what they will or won't have access to by going down that road, you end up with young people denying parts of themselves because they don't feel like they can have all of those parts and be okay. Um, so I think that one of our opportunities and also obligations is to model that better world um, for young people so that they feel as they're coming up and they're making choices about where to put their energy and who they are in the world that it's it's an expansive vision for them and an aspirational one as opposed to making choices really early to shut down parts of yourself because you don't feel like you can have those parts and be taken care of or be respected or be okay um so i think that whatever we do now, we can't lose sight of the fact that it, it can either open things up for young people or it can shut things down for young people. Um, and I want more, you know, queer, weird, you know, otherwise marginalized folks to feel like they can be their whole selves and be okay. Um, so, I think we're in a unique position because we have the gifts of art and music, which, which are universal, are intergenerational, um, and are trying to kind of pry the door open for folks to imagine more for themselves. Um, and that there is a path to being well and also a whole person. Yes, that is so important to have people have a shift in perspective that being an artist is a valuable path and to not suppress that full expression that somebody has when they're creating because whether you're an artist or not we're all creators and so if more people could see that that's something that's essential just as medical care is essential, then we're just creating a more beautiful and resilient world. And yeah, like what you were saying, Holly, um, I th community care is self-care. So we do benefit when we're providing that for each other. So thank you both so much. This was a beautiful, nourishing conversation. I agree. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I'm on a mission to get these little known solutions out to as many people as possible. So please help me by sharing, leaving a like, and a review. If you would like to stay in the loop about future episodes, please subscribe to the podcast or my newsletter at cooperativejournal.com. Because I didn't say save the world, I said change the world, improve it, make it better than we find it.